to the Hereby Call podcast, where we focus on preparing the called and reminding the returned by sharing life-changing experiences from serving the Lord. Sit back and relax because you're listening to the best podcast of this dispensation. They left after a while and I just like sat on my bed and then I just started crying because I was like going to be homesick and stuff. And then I just kind of like hyperventilated and I had a panic attack, which I'd never had before. Finally made me like start thinking about things. It was the day before I went or two days before I went into the MTC and I ended up meeting with the stake president that night and he basically told me like you can just change your mission call like I can just tell them you don't want to go to Russia we can send you somewhere else you can push it back a few months or you can just go welcome back to the hereby called podcast today me and Zach are sitting across from Brooklyn Law Brooklyn how you doing I'm so good Brooklyn's very excited to be here she might be nervous but (laughs) I'm excited because and I'll just jump into this um a lot of people have been asking like, Jordan, you're not telling us how you know these people anymore. So Brooklyn's my cousin-in-law. She's my wife's cousin. Is that even a thing? Is that like... <laughs> cousin-in-law's a thing? <laughs> my cousin's cousin? Or my wife's cousin? My wife's cousin. My cousin-in-law. I just say my wife's cousin. Anyways. I would consider Jordan my cousin, so... Oh, there you go. Dang, we're closer. Brooklyn, what was the name of your mission? Russia Rostov Nadanu. Can you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> Russia Rostov Nadanu. And... Let's like back up before the, the mission even started. Your, everyone in your family has served, your dad, your mom, all your older siblings had served missions. Mm-hmm. What made you want to serve? Well, it was definitely like a family cultural culture kind of thing. And so I always knew I was going to go, but it wasn't until college that I like for sure decided for myself that I wanted to go and not just because my family told me to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was definitely a family tradition almost. Like all my siblings, all my in-laws, everyone in my family. So you open your mission call and it says Russia Rostov <laughs> Dananu. Uh-huh. Good job. Did, did I get it? No. Okay. <laughs> Man, getting my hopes up. So you you read something. And <laughs> what were your thoughts? Um, well, I read it and I just stopped and I was like, looked up at my family and my mom's like, okay, you're going to need a coat. And that's really all I remember from that moment. It's kind of ingrained into my memory, I guess. Yeah. What were your like preconceived notions of Russia? So when I opened my mission call, I actually didn't know that missionaries went to Russia. So that was a big shock. I got, I guess I thought about snow and <laughs> potatoes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's about it. I guess I didn't really know much about Russia. (laughs) I know before your mission, you had pre-mission anxiety. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. So even from the moment when I turned in my mission papers, I like knew I was supposed to go, but I was also just like super scared about it. And because no one ever really told me that like it could be a great experience. Like I knew that missions were great and stuff, but like mostly what I'd been told is like missions are hard because like people want to prepare other people for that. They don't want to like send them on their missions thinking everything's going to be nice and fun and dandy. Uh And so I didn't even like really think about how it could be like a really fun, great experience, which it ended up being because I'd only heard about like the bad stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so 
the whole time preparing, I was like really nervous and really scared. And so I got my mission call and then they tell you to like accept it. And I waited for a little bit because I just didn't know if I was supposed to go. I had lived out of the country for a few months before that. And so I, on my papers, I had requested to stay in the country and like go English speaking and everything. They're like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. And so I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And then, yeah, basically the anxiety just like built up and Jordan was actually at my house one day, him and Kelsey were like telling me about what the MTC would be like. And I, they left after a while and I just like sat on my bed and then I just started crying cause I was like gonna be homesick and stuff. And then I just kind of like hyperventilated and I had a panic attack, which I'd never had before. Way to go, Jordan. Oh my, I didn't know that part of the story. Yeah, pretty much Jordan introduced me to anxiety. No, it just like finally made me like start thinking about things. It was the day before I went, or two days before I went into the MTC. And so, yeah, it was a little rough. And I ended up meeting with the stake president that night and he basically told me like, you can just change your mission call. Like I can just tell them you don't want to go to Russia. We can send you somewhere else. You can push it back a few months or you can just go. And so he gave me a blessing and I just like, it was like the most surreal moment of my life. I like heard a voice say, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Like the whole time. I don't know what the stake president said, but that's what I remember. <laughs> he just, you can do it. <laughs> that's pretty cool. And I think it's, it, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of people who, when they talk about their missions, they talk about the hard stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, my mission was so hard and it, it scares a lot of people. You know, I remember we had Mark on here mm -hmm. And I remember when he was, he got his mission call and everybody coming up to him and he's like, dude, I'm scared. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's just kind of, it's weird that that's kind of normal. And it, it's also, you were, you had that episode two days before you were going in. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That would be a rough, uh, like 72 hours. Yep, it was. <laughs> and that's the funny thing, Zach, that you bring up that people talk about how hard their missions are. Like, it's almost like you take pride, like, oh, my mission was harder than you. Like I suffered more. It's like, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, I guess I don't it, know. it's another opportunity to, to utilize the atonement, the yeah. enabling power. It wasn't until the MTC, my MTC teacher was like telling about an experience he had and on his mission and he's like yeah it was so fun and I just like looked at him and I was like you had fun on your mission <laughs> I like actually asked him that he's like why did you come on a mission if you didn't think you'd have fun it's <laughs> like I don't know <laughs> that was like the first time I thought about having fun on my mission it was pretty so for it you a good experience it sounds like it was like a duty like I, I yeah, gotta go and definitely. it's gonna be tough but we gotta make it happen yeah wow so talking about the MTC, how long were you in the MTC? I was there for nine weeks. Nine weeks. So is that, is it like Spanish is six, six. weeks? And so Russia, because of the complexity of the language mm -hmm. and you have to learn a new alphabet too. Yeah. You're there for nine. How, yeah. how was learning the language? Hard. <laughs> <laughs> no other word. I think Russian <laughs> alphabet is like the coolest. It's the most intimidating. It's like, we're using like <laughs> triangles and it's like squares. An, an, and <laughs> an asterisk is like... A normal, like you can just toss that in a word. Yeah. <laughs> so I like, I mean, how was that? You had to like, tr 
so I, I went to Brazil and I had learned a new language, but I didn't have to learn a new alphabet. Yeah. I mean, there's certain like words and stuff like that, but yeah. I mean, not like a box and a triangle. <laughs> How was that? Um, well, they like tell you before you go to the MTC to start learning the alphabet. And I never took that seriously. I never did that. <laughs> and I get to the MTC and my, I had, there were two other people in my district. So it was just the three of us. We were in a threesome and All one sisters. of yes, yeah. one of them had like memorized the alphabet already. And so she was like, I would go out to the MTZ late for some reason. And they were like going through all this stuff and like speaking Russian already. I was like, holy crap, I'm <laughs> so behind. But it was actually really helpful because she ended up like really helping the two of us learn the alphabet better. And once you get the alphabet, it's really phonetic. So were you all going to the same mission? Yeah. Okay. So that helped too. Yeah. I always thought that was cool. Yeah. You get like half of my district split between missions. And I was really glad that I, I went with a core group of, of dudes. Mm -hmm. Elders. Elders. Yeah. <laughs> so, and the unique thing about Brooklyn's mission is you weren't called as a proselytizing missionary. You were called as a volunteer. So how was the MTC? Was the MTC different as a volunteer versus a proselytizing mission or? Well, we thought it would be, but our MTC teachers, they weren't volunteers on their missions. So they weren't like sure what our missions would look like. So basically like, you know how you learn all the phrases and like you memorize, like we're missionaries for the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So we'd learn all that. And then I never used any of that. Really? <laughs> yeah. So did they use the word or the term volunteer as like a, a political reason to get you in yeah. the country? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No missionaries are allowed in Russia. And, and why is that? Do you know? Just because the government, I guess. I don't know. Is there like, uh, is, is the church there? What is it? Catholic? Um, or is it like Russian a, Orthodox? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, Orthodox I mean, or Russian. Is it a, a very much a part of the government kind of, are they kind of one and the same? Um, I wouldn't say so. Hmm. That's interesting though. But I could be wrong. But you, so what did it say on your name tag? Volunteer? No, it elder, said or sister? like sister-in-law and we didn't actually wear our name tags though. Really? Unless we were in the church building. Wow. Yeah. So you leave the MTC, you get on probably multiple airplanes and eventually end up in Russia mm -hmm. after hours and hours on a plane. What, what was that like? It was like dark and rainy for like three weeks. And it was a little rough. <laughs> I don't know. So Jordan's dad, we had him on here and he served in Germany, uh -huh. which there was a lot of, this is like post-World War II, a lot of, you know, the, the, what do they call that thing? The wall, the Berlin wall and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And Jordan had said his, his picture in his mind of that time frame was just gray. Yep. And like not a lot of color. And I think even Elizabeth had talked about that in yeah. one of the countries she was in, which is very gray. Is that, is that kind of how Russia was? Just a lot of like in cement and concrete and yeah, definitely. not a lot of like trees growing around and stuff. Yeah. Cause most people live in the cities in Russia. And so they're pretty dirty cities and just cement everywhere, but they do make an effort these days to like build parks and stuff. But when I got there, everything was dead and snowy still and ugly. It took me a few months to think it. Was yeah. Better. You're like, what is this? 
Yeah. So how do you keep from getting depressed in that kind of environment? So <laughs> there were these useful things. Um, I don't actually know what they're called, but they're like boxes of light and you like set it up in front of you while you're doing your personal studies. If you like get seasonal depression and stuff. So a lot of the missionaries use those just to like get some sunlight. <laughs> really? On them. Yeah. Like a little lamp or something. Yeah. Like, like a vitamin D. Yeah. Mm. So that was one thing. I'm going to look, did. I'm going to Google this right now. <laughs> you're now in a foreign country and you're trying to speak Russian. Were there some words that you flipped up on or had some notable miscommunication? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, one time this was in my second transfer we were teaching a nine-year-old who hadn't been baptized yet. His parents were members. And I was serving with a Russian companion. And um, she was having me teach a part of the lesson. And I was telling him about the Book of Mormon. And I said, I was trying to say the prophets wrote in the Book of Mormon. And the word for right is pisat and i said the prophets peed in the book of mormon peace it and so the accent is on a different vowel and my russian companion just like started laughing so hard and i was really confused and the little boy just like was so polite and just kept listening to me (laughs) that's crazy so how, how long did it take you to like get your feet underneath you when it came to the language Um, I remember I asked my family to fast for me during my fourth transfer because I just felt like so behind on the language. I think every missionary feels behind on the language, (laughs) but, um, they fasted for me. And the day after that, I remember like I had a conversation with someone in Russian and I like felt totally at ease. And I just like, it just clicked that I was like, oh my gosh, fasting, it works. (laughs) And that's when I it was like a turning point for me in my language. I wow. think when you were down there speaking, I mean, what were their impressions of America or Americans? How was it like in, with the people there interacting with Americans? Um, they thought that Americans were really friendly and smiled a lot because I guess that's pretty much the opposite of what they are. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Is that the truth? Because I think there's a stereotype, at least when I think of Russians, I think of like, they're sad, they're yeah. depressed, they hate Americans and they drink like, <laughs> they walk around with AKs, <laughs> wrestle bears. Yeah. <laughs> so it's true that they, they mostly don't smile. They look at the ground a lot when they walk. But I asked my companions about that, like my Russian companions, and they're like, well, if you don't have a reason to smile, then why would you smile? (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, if they talk to you, like, they're very, very kind people and so loving. But when you're just walking on the street, you wouldn't know that if you didn't just stop and talk to them. So, yeah, it's pretty stereotypical. So as as a volunteer, were you making, like, street contacts? Like, how, how was missionary work as a volunteer? Yeah, so so we couldn't talk about the church unless we were inside the church. And so one of the things that we did to kind of get around that was we would plan lots of parties. <laughs> I came home saying I was a party planner. Um, and so we would invite people on the streets to come to our parties and stuff. And then once they were in the church, we would pull them aside, give them a short mini lesson and be like, are you interested in learning more? And, you know go from there. Here's some cake. <laughs> Let me tell you about <laughs> the prophet of the restoration. That's cool. Yeah. That is cool. Or it'd be like, <clears throat> do you know where subway is? 
if we knew where Subway was even. They'd be like, give us direction. We're like, thanks, you're so nice. What's your name? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it goes without saying, how was the food there? It was good. Really? Yeah, for the most part. Did you have a lot of potatoes? <laughs> oh yeah, really? definitely. I mean, their go-to meal, if they're kind of being like not going all out, they just have like a boiled potato and a boiled hot dog <laughs> without like a bun. And then just like a squirt of ketchup. Sounds good. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I would have potato. <laughs> but yeah, their food is so good. Like borscht. Mm, uh, so I've had borscht. What, what's borscht? It's like a soup made from beets. So it's like pink. Yeah. I didn't like it. Oh, it's so good. I, had I actually didn't like rabbit. it at first too. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I, I guess it was when a Russian thing. What Russians, Zach? No, it was, I was working for a software company and we had a Christmas party and I guess it was a Russian Christmas party <laughs> for some reason. And we had borscht and rabbit and I was like, this is, this is kind of weird. Yeah. So you didn't like it at first, but you, I didn't, but some people make it way better than others. It almost looks like a cream of wheat. I don't know if I like texture wise. No, no, no. I maybe I had like, bad borscht. Maybe you did. Cause that sounds gross. <laughs> no, it was like a puree kind of almost like a soup. Yeah. It's definitely a soup. Okay. Maybe I just had bad borscht. Was it pink? Yeah. Mm. Interesting. I just remember cause I just remember because to me, <laughs> oddly enough, my grandparents came to this Christmas party <laughs> and there, my grandpa was like, this is like prison food. <laughs> no, because uh, my grandma was like, this is POW style <laughs> food. But I, maybe it was really bad. I don't know. So those were the good foods. What was like the worst thing you ever ate in Russia? Oh, so they have this drink called kvass and it is like a non-alcoholic beer kind of. And we actually weren't allowed to drink it, but some members would give us like their homemade kvass <laughs> and it you don't want to be rude and it wasn't like bad for you. It could be if it like sits out in the sun and actually ferments, but it is so nasty. It tastes like boiled bread. So it's it's so like pungent yeasty. Yeah. It's so gross. What about like food wise? Um, there's this food. It's a uh, meat jelly. Oui. It's just like jelly with meat in it. And it's, it's like, really nasty. <laughs> Do they spread it on bread or no, something? No, they just eat it Straight. like jello. <laughs> so how many missionaries were in your mission? So when I got there, there were about 55. And by the time I left, I think when we, I left, there were 25 missionaries. 20, mission. 25. Yeah. They were getting ready to combine with the Northern mission. And so there would be about 40 probably after that. But That's nuts. Yeah. Very small. So you probably had a super, you, you, every missionary knew everybody and everything. About oh everyone. yeah. Uh-huh. Did you <laughs> That's ever, insane. Did you ever serve the same companion like multiple times? Yes. Well, well, I guess, yeah. If there's 25 <laughs> of you, there were, how many sisters were there? Uh, 12, I think at one point. Yeah. So it's almost 50, 50. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> so the, the thing about being a missionary is you're living with someone or, or, two other people 24 seven and you're in each other's presence the majority of the time mm -hmm. it can get old. Yeah. Even if you like that person, what, like what advice would you give to someone that might be struggling with their companion? Um, I actually was really, really lucky with companions. 
Um, I love all of them. I mean, obviously there were hard times just because, yeah, you're with them all the time. But I don't know. Um, we just made an effort to have fun, I guess, especially where our, di our mission was a little different and we worked with members a lot. That really helped because it kind of diffused the tension sometimes. But yeah, just like making an effort to have fun and understand where they're coming from. Because that was probably the biggest thing. I had a lot of companions who struggled knowing like why they're on missions and stuff. And mm. once you understand that, I think it's easier to understand why they are the way they are. So you said having fun helped out. What would you guys do to have fun? Um, we made games of like contacting people. We were not very good in our mission about <laughs> contacting people just cause I don't know. Russians think it's so weird and we didn't have a lot of success with it. They think it's weird to be approached on the street yeah. by a stranger. Yeah, definitely. They thought that was so weird. Even, even like the native elders and sisters. Yeah. Yeah. They they hated. <laughs> They're like, this is so against our culture. Why are we doing this? <laughs> That's crazy. Would you like, I don't know, build snowmen and igloos and yeah. Like, yeah. So sometimes to like bring people like get attention to ourselves and stuff, we would do random things in the streets. So like I passed a street performer once and we like sing a song together and like all these people were like listening to us. Cause I was like singing in English and he was singing in Russian or like one time we found badminton rackets in the church building. And so we like went out and played badminton and invited people to play with us. No one played with us, but <laughs> <laughs> still, I think that's so cool that, you know, in that type of environment, you just, you're forced to be so creative with missionary work. Yeah. Whereas in like, even where I served or even here in the States, it's very much go knock on that door go talk to that person, mm -hmm. go invite them to be baptized, you know, where you're in a country or a place where you're like, all right, we, we can't really do that. Uh, but there's badminton rackets, right? Here, you know? <laughs> like, well, uh, let's go see what happens. I think that's so cool. That sounds like it'd take a lot of patience as a missionary to in any other country where it's not illegal to proselytize. You can just say, I want to teach you about Jesus and they're either in or not. Mm -hmm. But where you were at, you had to get them in the door and then there's like this extra steps, so yeah. multiple steps just to even talk about Jesus, just to even, you know, have that lesson. Yeah. Did, were you ever frustrated as a missionary because of that or as a volunteer because of that or? Yeah, definitely. And a lot of people that we invited to the church, we'd like, they'd be having a great time. We'd pull them aside and then we'd start talking to them about why we're in Russia and stuff. And then they would just get so mad. They're like, you're so sneaky. Why are you doing this? And so that was always frustrating. And like, if we were contacting people in the streets and stuff and they just like walked away and were rude, it wasn't because they were turning down the church because we didn't mention the church. It was like they were turning down us. So sometimes it was like, uh, they just don't want to talk to Americans, I guess. <laughs> so that was frustrating sometimes. And it seems like it might be frustrating also that maybe people were there people that joined the church for social reasons. Like, Oh, like we have parties here. Like I want to hang yeah. out here all the time. And then it's like, yeah, there's more to it. Yeah, so many people. Mm. What do you mean I have to teach primary? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here to party. <laughs> Where's that cake? Yeah. <laughs> I was promised cake every week. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you mentioned a couple of people you want to talk about. Tell us about Tanya and Andre. 
So Tanya and Andre, this was my last semester. So my first area semester. I mean, wow. Okay, been in school for too long. Uh, transfer. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, maybe you called that as a volunteer. <laughs> like, I'm here on school. Um, no, my last transfer. So, my first nine months, I was in the same area, and then I went away to two different areas, and then my last transfer, I came back to my first area, which I loved, and we had so much success that transfer. And the first of those was Tanya. Um, she's early thirties, maybe 30. I don't know. Um, and she just walked into the church on Sunday and she had Googled the church or Googled a church around her. And she just decided to come and she was like, so golden. Like there were like 30 people baptized in our mission per year. And so like, if you found someone who was ready, like it was straight from heaven and she just walked into church and like, we were so caught off guard and not used to it. They were like, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> and so we just started teaching her and she just like loved everything so much. And like, I taught some of the lessons for the first time to her, like tithing. I had never taught that. And it was my last transfer. I'd never taught it to an investigator. And she just, I didn't know how she would react because I'd never seen anyone react to that. And she just loved it all. And then, one day she was like, is it okay if I bring my husband and he can like play volleyball with the elders? Cause there's a volleyball court in the back of the church. And so he came and then he just like loved the elders and they ended up both getting baptized and within like three weeks, which was insane for our mission. Three weeks and of her walking in. Yeah. Wow. And they were like so ready and they're just like part of the branch now. And they, they're like the most non-stereotypical Russians I've ever met. They're like so happy and he's like all up in your face, like with joy and it's so funny and weird, but I just love them. <laughs> it's just a big testament to me that like people are prepared even in a dark place like Russia. I think it's also important to say that that happened in your last transfer. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of, a lot of missionaries halfway through my mission, I was transferred and so this was my second area, first time I've ever been transferred and we were whitewashing and it was the middle of the winter, horrible time. <laughs> and we had no one to teach, just like nothing to do with our time. And so one thing that you can do in Russia to fill your time is go to English clubs and they just, you're not allowed to actually teach English, but you can be there to like, they can ask you questions about it and you can just like converse with them and they like that. And it's a good way to meet people and stuff. And so we um, went to an English club and we were talking to the owners of the place and we're like, yeah, we're from America. And usually they're like, Ooh, that's so amazing. Please come meet with us and stuff. And they're like, Oh, we actually already have an American who works here and we're like, oh. we're all American out here. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough for us. <laughs> and then we're like, okay, well, where's she from? That's cool. Cause it's very rare for Americans to live in Russia. And they're like, she's from Arizona. And I was like, I'm from Arizona. She's, they're like, well, let's bring her in to meet you. And so she comes in, she's wearing like this belly dancer outfit for like this lesson that they're teaching. And she had <laughs> bright pink hair. And I was like, what the heck? She's like, yeah, I'm from the Phoenix area. I was like, me too. She's like, I went to Gilbert High School. I was like, I went to Highland. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so weird. And so we ended up just like being friends with her. She was 
very, we told her what we were doing and she knows what missions are. And she wasn't a member. No, she's not a member. She's atheist and just like did not want to believe in God was very against that. But she was, she just likes learning about different things. And so she's like, sure, I'll like learn about the church, whatever. And so she, we met her with only about, she only had like a month left in Russia before she was moving back to the States. And so we taught her the first two lessons and she had tons of questions, like so many hard questions. And so we had to call our mission president, ask him these questions and stuff. And then after the two lessons, she ended up moving back to Arizona. What was she doing in Russia originally? Just learning or So her um, sister-in-law is actually the owner of that English school. Hmm. So she's the one that we first were talking to. I'm actually from Russia or she's Russian, but she grew up in the U S. Um, anyways, so she moves back to Arizona and then a few transfers later, she emailed me and she's like, Hey, I'm getting baptized. And we're like, you are. (laughs) (laughs) And she had, she'd been delivering pizzas and she ran into the elders in a parking lot. And she's like, Hey, I met some like missionaries in Russia. And so, yeah, it was just a few weeks later and it was about a month after I got home, she got baptized. So I was able to be at her baptism. And then she actually just got endowed a few months ago. And so she's doing really, really well. (laughs) Big change from when I met her. (laughs) Didn't she live with your parents for a while? Like six months. (laughs) (laughs) Six months. (laughs) I just met her in Russia and she lives with my parents. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, Michelle was very nice. That's so cool. And that's such a crazy, like the world's so small. Yeah. It was so crazy. So tell us about Sasha. So Sasha was actually the same transfer when we were whitewashing. (laughs) It's actually the day that we played badminton. He was sitting in the church um, building when we were like preparing to go play. And he was like so quiet and he was there. They were throwing like a Harry Potter. Harry Potter party or something like that. And he had been asked by someone to like come be someone's dance partner. I have no idea how he got involved in this, but he's just like, he was so mellow and like always just looking at the ground and it was so sad. And we're like, do you want to come play badminton with us? And he's like, sure. (laughs) And so it's just like four missionaries and this random kid, Sasha, he's like 20. Can't remember how old he is. I don't know but he ended up playing badminton with us and me and my companion and him, we just like became best friends. And in our mission, we're allowed to like do cultural things, every transfer just to like, you know, feel the Russian culture around us. Sure. So we went to a ballet with some other missionaries and he came with us and I don't know, it's just really, he was probably one of the people that I got closest to on my mission. And he, at first, like we were trying to have him read the book of Mormon and stuff, but he wasn't really feeling it. And then one day we're like, did you read? And he's like, I did. And I read nine chapters and it was just like, so cool to see him change. And one thing that was hard for him was that his mom was just like really against it. He was living in the city working and she was in a different city, like a few hours away. And he just like, didn't want to break his mom's heart. So it was just him and his mom. Mm. And so when he was like signing his baptismal papers, um, he was just like sitting at the table and like 
couldn't bring himself to sign it because he was just like crying and thinking about his mom and how she would react. And it was really hard, but it has like totally changed his life. And it's been really amazing to see that and like his faith that things would work out and he's still close to his mom. So that's awesome. Badminton. How do you say badminton in Russian? Uh, I have no idea. (laughs) Badminton. (laughs) Do you want to come hit this thing? (laughs) So... Man, your mission sounds, your mission sounds like what ministering should be like, Yeah, just be friends to people and invite them to do things and hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times missionaries get that like, oh, I already know, yes, you guys already visited me last year. Like even, even with non-members, you know, it's like they have a, a reputation as being maybe pushy or assertive mm-hmm. when, like you said, being happy, inviting people and just being a all around, just good person is how ministering should be. Yeah. Actually being a, an example, like a Christ-like example. What, what were the lessons that Russians liked the most? Like what was new to them? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Or like when I think of Russia, I think, cause I know in communist Russia, they didn't, push religion or like religion mm-hmm. was pretty much shut down. So is like a belief in God. Is that just like the huge, like first step? Well, in their religion, they, I mean, they still believe in God for the most part. So that first lesson is kind of just like, yeah, we believe in God too, you know, but it's definitely a different relationship with God. Like when you walk into their temples, it's like a gloomy, I don't know, very heavy feeling. Yes. When you walk in there. And so just teaching them that like God loves his children, that was a big thing. Mm. And I remember teaching about temples and like we'd find pictures of temples on the internet and stuff. And they were like amazed because they're just like so pure and clean and instead of like dark and lit by candles and, and yeah. Yeah. So that was cool. Tell us about your companions. Sister O, I met her. I met one of your companions. So she, you're touching your heart right now. So tell us why Sister O is so special to you. Well, Sister O was my companion when we whitewashed. And so I think anyone you, someone would whitewash with, you just have a special connection with. And she is amazing. She was one transfer behind me and we were just like totally on the same page about everything. And so it just made everything really easy and um she ended up having a lot of health problems and so we had to stay inside a lot and i would nurse her along through the day and she was just in a lot of pain she ended up having to go home for surgery and oh then, yikes yeah and then she came back we were um companions again and then she was too sick to stay so she ended up going home mm. but she went to my brother's wedding for me <laughs> gave my speech for me i remember that. wow <laughs> yeah i was there for that she did yeah. great we're best friends i love her shout out to sister O. sister O. where is she from she's from utah and she got married right yep is her last name still O? no <laughs> what was it is, is, uh, is, oh, a, is Oleg, a long oleg schlager yeah good luck oleg schlager it's now wilson so a little easier there you go yeah. Um, and I've never heard about your mission president. What what kind of impact did your mission president and his wife have on you? So I love my mission president so much and his wife. They're the miners from Salt Lake and um, they 
I learned about sacrifice from them. Um, about two weeks after they left, their oldest daughter had twins prematurely. Oh. And they were like in the NICU for months. And like my mission president didn't meet them until they were three. Oof. My mission president's wife, she like traveled home to go see them only like three times, I think. And she, before she came on her mission, she was like terrified of flights. Her first flight to Russia, she just like could not sleep a wink, just like clung to the armrest and was like so uncomfortable and so afraid. But she ended up going back and forth for her, for family reasons and like that alone. And like just her youngest daughter got married while they were on their mission. So she went home alone for that. And just like their sacrifice to be there, they would have rather been doing probably anything else <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't speak the language and, but they just loved the missionaries so much. And you could just like tell that with everything that they did. So your mission president didn't speak Russian. No, he served his mission in Germany. Um, and he, they picked up a, like a little bit of Russian enough to like bear their testimonies and stuff. So your Russian companions, did they speak English? Not all of them. Huh. I wonder how that would be like as a Russian sister or elder going into like an interview or something. Yeah. They had to have like a mission translator. <laughs> huh. That's interesting. But that's cool that your mission was so small that I'm sure you had a way oh, more yeah. intimate relationship and like got to know your mission president. Yeah, definitely. Way more. And, and that's the thing as a missionary, you, you look at other missionaries or especially your mission president and, and wife and you're just like, these people are superheroes. Like they're amazing. And yeah. as you get to know them more and more, like, they still are amazing, but they're human and yeah. you're like just, yeah, the level of sacrifice, the, the amount of love that they have for yeah. all the missionaries. It's, it's, it's powerful. So for, ha for having that, how, how big was your mission? Like area? Yeah. Like from one side to the other. Cause you, you were in three areas in your mission. You spent mm -hmm. one, nine months in one area, right? Mm -hmm. Like how, how big, if you were to drive in a car from one side to the Ooh. other, well, it's like days driving. I, yeah, probably. Really? I mean, I took a 14 hour train ride once. Oh, wow. Okay. Cause I, I thought in my mind, I'm thinking it's like teeny tiny, like no. you're all kind of on, you're either in the city or on the outskirts. So you went from like, I mean, that's a 14 hour train ride. That's, that's huge. It's massive. Yeah. And there's only 25 to 50 of yeah. you. Wow. I mean, there's only five missions in Russia, so. Well, yeah, I guess it's a, it's a pretty big country. <laughs> and then you were on your mission when they announced St. Petersburg temple, right? Russian temple. Russian temple. Still don't know where it is. Oh, that's right. No, they haven't claimed a site yet, but still. They know. <laughs> <laughs> they just can't tell anybody. But yet. I mean, what was that like as a missionary to find out that this country, Russia, which is probably like representative of all the hardest countries to teach the gospel in, is getting a temple. It's a big volunteer building. <laughs> <laughs> with a shiny gold statue man on top. That's yeah, cool. It was crazy. Um, so one of the reasons why we didn't think there would really ever be a temple there, at least not for a really long time is one of the laws is that the police authorities have to like be able to enter any building in Russia. And so that's what, that's one thing that was like holding it back. And I don't know what changed to make it so that we could have a temple, but yeah. I was woken up 
President morning Nelson after. probably arm wrestled Putin. <laughs> Putin, Putin, Putin yeah. <laughs> <Over> here, <bro. laughs> so you woke up and a member had told you. Yeah. Were you like, no, what do you mean? I was like, am I understanding the Russian correctly? <laughs> yeah. Wait, you mean we're going to have a temple? That's so cool. <laughs> that is cool. So after serving in Russia, who's someone that you'll always remember from your service? So there's a member, her name is Larisa Alenikova, and she is a single mom. And in my first transfer, I was having a really hard day one time. Um, I, <laughs> this is so horrible, but I ran out of the sacrament meeting because I could just like feel the tears coming on and I was sitting in the front row cause I was playing the piano and I just <laughs> like ran out in front of the whole branch and just like, it was really awkward. And I didn't really know any people at that point cause I'd only been there like a few weeks and I just ran downstairs and I was crying and she just came in the room and was speaking Russian to me. I have no idea what she was saying, but she pulled out candies from her pocket and just like <laughs> embraced me and like petted my head and just like talked to me and soothed me. And like, I ended up serving that area for more than half of my mission. And she, so she, I just called her my Russian mom and she just called me her daughter and we still talk and I just love her so much. She's amazing. Uh, is it? No, that's grandma, babushka. Yeah. How do you say mom? Mama. Mama. <laughs> I thought of myself the crazy and cool. Man, I speak Russian too. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, looking back from like the mission, you started with so much anxiety of like, I don't even know if I can do this and to have a seat, your stake president. And then you're wrapping up your mission. You've done 18 months and like, I don't know. What did you learn about yourself in those 18 months that you didn't know before? Definitely that I can do anything through Christ. I, my mom still says it to this day that she thought I was coming home for my mission like early and that she'd see me in a few weeks after they dropped me off. <laughs> and thanks, <mom>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for the vote of confidence. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but she, or I just, I don't know. I just didn't think I'd be able to do something that hard and make it into a great experience. Not only was I able to do it, but I was able to enjoy it and look back on it and miss it and want to go back. Yeah. That was my next question. How long ago did you serve? So I got back, um, two years ago, two years ago, and you have not been back yet. I haven't. Don't sadly. worry. It's been almost like 10 years for me and I haven't been back. So and what's crazy is this is such a change from how you started of like, I'm going on a mission because this is a duty and it's going to be scary and I'm not going to like it to you want to go back and you smile and you laugh about it. And it was an adventure, even in Russia with the concrete jungle and it might be <laughs> depressing at times, but you love the people there. I love the people there. They're amazing. I miss them. Ra wrapping up, would you would you mind sharing your testimony in Russian? I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more excited. She's been waiting this whole entire time. I miss it. I'll probably totally mess up. Я знаю, что Иисус Христос наш спаситель, и что Он искупил за нас. Я знаю, что Он очень очень любит нас и за наш Небесный Отец любит нас, и мы um, его дети. И я знаю, что um, мы 
мы здесь, чтобы быть счастливыми. И эм, мы можем молиться, чтобы эм, получить помощь от Бога. И я знаю, что эм, мы можем вернуться к Нему. И я очень люблю эм, нашу нашего Спасителя и эм, нашего Бога. И все это я говорю во имя Иисуса Христа. Аминь. 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 Sorry. Brooklyn, thanks again for coming on and sharing your testimony. The first Russian return yes. missionary. Thank you. We've had appreciate volunteer. It. First volunteer as well. <laughs> Anyways, for all those listening, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please like and subscribe and we will post this on Sunday. Yes. Thank you very much.